we want to take a few minutes this morning and recognize and honor and appreciate all the mothers that are here. I remember situations in my life where my mom, I remember one particular thing is uh, when I was a, a young boy, um, grade one, two, and three, I lived in Vancouver. And then when I went to grade four, I moved to, we moved to Surrey. But my mom, God bless her heart, did a kid's club in the public school and did it in the library. And she dragged me there, almost literally. But there was a deposit that my mom put in me that was different than what my dad put in me. There was a, my dad, yeah, his deposits sometimes were more physical. <laughs> but my mom had a passion for the kingdom of God. She still does. And for that, you actually receive a benefit because many of the things that I do and I say and I share actually come from the heritage that I have. And that heritage goes deep. So I want to encourage all of you, especially, especially the children that are here today, and I'm a child, all of us have been children or are children, recognize and honor your mother. I know we do it today, but do it every day. Don't just wait till the May holiday. Do it every day. There are times, I don't call my mom and dad every day, but there are times when I've called them and I just say, I love you and I appreciate you, thank you. And I don't do it for anything in return. I do it to honor them. As a young man, the verse that came to me was, honor your mother and father that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God gives thee. And I lived that verse. I'm honest with you when I say that. I lived that verse there were times when my mom and dad told me things to do, and I literally had to swallow my Adam's apple, eat my pride, and say, I will do what my mom and dad say. And I believe that you will get length of days, not only long life, but I believe that as you follow God's word and honor your mom and dad, I believe that you will actually get be more productive in your day I believe that. I don't think it's just for a long life. I believe there's things that you will do when you honor your mom and dad that things will happen and you will get more done in your day than you would if you hadn't. Call me crazy. That's okay. I love living there. But honor your mom and dad. And today it's, it's all about moms. So Pastor Daniel is, is going to come. And uh, we were going to have two people, but last year when we did two people, one of the persons got lonely because everybody just came to the first person. So we figured we just have one guy. And if I could have all the mothers stand up in this section here, all the mothers, if you could just stand up and then just make your way. We'll start, start with you just walking down. Yep, go ahead, Stacy, lead the parade. Jennifer. And if you could just come and then, yeah, go a different way back to your seat so that you don't uh, cause a traffic jam. If I could have all the ladies in the middle section, if you could stand up, all the mothers, and if you could follow behind Sister Judy. So if you want to come down that aisle. 
And if I can have the mothers in this last section, if you can uh, get up and just come around behind Linda and Anna. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Yes. Mom, happy Mother's Day. Yes, um, if there are some moms in the nursery, so if you could bring a few of those up, because we do not want them to leave the children unattended. All for cookies. Hallelujah. All right, children, you may be dismissed quietly to your Sunday school. Hallelujah. I got, I got posted on my wall this week, or somebody posted some puns. And, and somebody said, oh, I wonder, Pastor David. So I, I looked at them and I printed them up. You know, when chemists die, they bury them. <laughs> I thought that was pretty good. I changed my iPad's, iPod's name or my iPhone's name to Titanic. It's sinking right now. Oh, come on. Yes, I got a couple. I don't enjoy computer bits, not uh, computer jokes, not one bit. Not one bite. Well, let me see if I can put one with Daniel's name in it here. I know a guy who's addicted to brake fluid. He says he can stop any time. Oh, man. This is for my boys and my nephew. Um, I didn't like my beard at first, but then it grew on me. <laughs> Do you know broken pens or pencils are pointless? Sometimes I think we just need to laugh. You know? I tried to catch some fog, but I missed. There we go. What do you call a dinosaur with an extensive vocabulary? A thesaurus. I mean, oh, that one got me. And you always have to be nice to your dentist because they got feelings too. Whew. All right. Amen. Well, I had a good laugh. You know, I used to be a banker, but then I lost interest. I don't even think you have to be a banker to lose interest. Hallelujah. Who here is living above the noise? Trying. Who here is trying to live above the noise? Is it challenging? I find it a challenge to live above the noise. Because the moment you decide to live above the noise, the noise seems to amplify. It's like things that you didn't even notice before. All of a sudden, it's like, and it just gets louder and louder and crazier and crazier. There's something 
interesting about deciding to do, when you decide, you know when you decide to exercise, all of a sudden it gets harder? Yeah? Because when I didn't decide to exercise, I didn't mind sitting on the couch, but now all of a sudden I've decided to exercise, and I was like, man, I got to exercise? It's hard. Living above the noise. Um, Matthew, could you get that? Uh, I've got, I want to do a couple illustrations in my sermon today. If I was to title this, this is the second sermon in, in the series, I would title this sermon, Paid in Full. You can live above the noise because the price for you to live above the noise has been paid in full. I don't know about you, but I like when I get a bill. Actually, I don't like to get a bill. I don't like bills. Um, is the, oh, there's it right there. I don't like getting bills. I don't like getting an invoice. I don't like being charged for things, but I get charged for them. And, and you get this letter in the mail and you open it up and you, great. I thought I had another $275 in my pocket, but thank God I get to give it to this person. But what I do like getting is a statement that's stamped paid in full. And today I want to give you some thoughts and I want to build your faith that you can expect to live above the noise because the price has been paid in full. So what I'd like to do is, is I'd like a little bit and you don't have to get too personal. And don't, um, I'm going to ask a couple questions and I'd like a little bit of feedback. But I don't want you to say, uh, you know, like if I ask a question, I don't want Melanie to shout out, well, Michael's problem is, and then we write it. Uh, and, and don't share your own problems. So, so, but what is some of the noise that you think we live with today? Anybody? Pardon me? Telephone. I know a joke about a telephone, but I won't say it because I'll get in trouble. Um, what is some of the other noise that we live with? Internet. Okay. Is this large enough? Okay. What is some of the other noise? <laughs> How many times should we write that down? Children. How about bills? End of the month. Rent. Mortgage. Bills. Bills and Georges. Dollars. Um, how about struggling with your identity? You're not good enough. Have, have, has anybody ever had those voices bombarding you? You can't do that. You can't do that. You can't do that. So I'll say self. Now, some of these are quite literal, which is fine. The television. There are times when the television just gets... As a kid... We didn't have, uh, we didn't watch a lot of TV. I would watch Hockey Night in Canada every Saturday. And we would work Saturdays. 
And then, if you can imagine, all nine of us boys had to have a bath in one bath. And we didn't change the water every single time. So when I played soccer, um, we played down the hill from, from our house. And I was the youngest boy that played soccer at that time. And I played with my two brothers, and they somehow got me on the team, even though I was the youngest kid. And, it, and it, you know, soccer's played in the wintertime, so it gets cold and wet and rainy. So um, I'm not even sure why I'm sharing this, but I'm, having, I'm enjoying it. Um, and the rain would come, and I would usually stand on the sideline. So with about five minutes left in the game, second half, I knew the game was getting close to being ended, I would ask the coach if I could go home. Because if I went home, I beat my brother Chris and I beat my brother Stephen John into the bath. <laughs> and I was the first one in the bath. So either he would send me home or he would throw me in the game. But life, I don't even know why I told you that, but I was going somewhere. But identity, some of these things are practical. Oh yeah, that's right, television. So we would all have our baths. Scatterbrain. Old age. <laughs> Whatever you want to name it, I'm not going to claim it. Um, so we'd have our bath, and Hockey Night in Canada came on at 5 o'clock in the evening. Da, 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 da. You know, we all know the song. And so as a boy, I would watch Hockey Night in Canada, and I'd get to watch Wonderful World of Disney Sunday evening. And that was literally the only two shows, and it was black and white. The world did not exist in color until about the year 1990 or somewhere around there. All of a sudden, color showed up. But us boys would sit down, and we'd lie on the floor, and we'd watch Hockey Night in Canada. So I grew up, I mean, we didn't talk. We did not talk when the game was on. Uh, Lord help me, if that was true. But we were not allowed, to, we did not talk during the game. So when the hockey game was on and Danny Gallivan or whoever, Jim Robson was broadcasting and doing his play-by-play, -play, everybody was quiet. I got married and four children. And TV is not nearly as important as it was when I was a kid. And all of a sudden, we'll sit down and we might be watching a show. You know, especially when the hockey game is on, all of a sudden, the other noise seems to like just elevate. But have you noticed in life the elevation of noise? Disturbance. You're trying to concentrate on something and your mind is just bombarded. Have you ever gotten ready to do a test and you wake up three or four times in the night, what about this, what about that? And the noise. So, I'm going to write down television. That, that's, you know how you can turn down the noise? Turn it off. Some of these things, some of these things, it's very simple. Very simple to turn off the noise. Some of them, it's like so simple, it's almost mind-boggling. You want to eliminate it? You just turn it off. You say, well, that's my favorite show. <laughs> I know. Turn it off. There are times when I'm sitting watching TV 
And I get the Holy Spirit calling me and say, David, why don't you come and spend a bit of time reading and spending time with me? There are other times when he allows me to watch a show, especially when the Canucks are playing. I think he's a Canucks fan. Telephone. Oh, I love the telephone. Yeah, right. You can turn it off. I know people need to get a hold of you, but there are some times when you can actually turn it off. You are allowed to. I mean, Twitter, Facebook, all those things, you can actually turn them off. And sometimes that's amazing how much noise gets out of our life by simply using the off switch. So some of these things, I think, are easier in some respects than others. But I want to I look at today, what, what are some of the things that maybe, how about your past? Has anybody ever thrown their, your past in your face? Has anybody ever told you, well, I, when you were a kid, you used to do this. I don't care what I used to do. I am now a new believer, and this is what I do. So, I want to spend a little bit of time this morning just talking about some of these things that, that cause noise to happen in our lives. And what I'd like you to do is I'd like you to go to Colossians 2. We're going to read just two verses this morning, and then I want to share a little bit about those verses and hopefully give you a little more understanding, a little more appreciation. I, I am amazed at Jesus. I am amazed at Jesus. The work that he did is phenomenal. The work that he did is just crazy. I am amazed at what Christ did. And you know what? He did it for you and for me. He looked through the annals of time and he saw in the landscape of time, he saw 2014 and he saw you and he saw me. And he says, I'm going to do it for them. He saw 1960. He saw 2018, the Lord willing. He saw every day. These things don't catch him by surprise. So Colossians 2, verse 13 and verse 14. I'm going to read it to you and then I want to just talk a little bit about it. Talking about being paid in full, living above the noise. Verse 13 and verse 14. It says, and you being dead in your trespass and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him, having forgiven some of your trespasses. Pardon me? All. Oh. Oh, that's right. He forgave all. That's a good place to start. He forgave all your trespasses. Having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. 
And that's the verses, the two verses that I want to talk about today. And I want to specifically talk about having wiped out the handwriting requirements that was against us, which was contrary, and he has taken it out of the way. And two things I want you to see in this verse, there's many, but the two actions, is that he took the handwriting, he blotted out, or he wiped away, and then it also says that he took it out of the way. And Christ, when he came, he didn't go like this. Can you still read that? You know what he did? He went like this. And in a real world, we'd have a high-quality screen and you would not be able to see what I wrote. He took it and he wiped it away. He blotted it out. That word blotted out. In the, in the time that, that Paul was, was sharing they historically wrote their manuscripts on two different um, materials. One was on a special reed they called papyrus or papyrus, papyrus. Well, it sounded really good in my head, papyrus. I might think I'm a pirate. Papyrus or vellum. And vellum came from the skin of an animal and papyrus came from, from uh, papyrus. <laughs> and... The, the ink that they used did not, it's not like the ink we use today that soaks into the paper. But their manuscripts and their documents, when they wrote it on something, they didn't sink into the paper, into the papyrus, papyrus. Anyway, you know what I'm talking about. It didn't sink into the vellum. And so when they needed to write something, they would take some of the old ones and they would literally erase them and use them as new. They would use them as new. They didn't consider going back. They erased it and now they say we have a new papyrus. We have a new document. A new vellum that we can rewrite and write a whole new story on. And when he talks about Jesus coming and having wiped out the handwriting, what he's saying is Jesus came, he took the vellum of your life, the manuscript of your life, the document that has the story of your life, and he wiped away all those things that were negative and against you that you could not do anything about, and he presented a clean slate. That's what Jesus did. I'm in awe when I see what he did. I'm, I'm trying to get past, we, we, we celebrated Easter, and I was stoked and excited about celebrating Easter and seeing the work that Christ did, but I can't get over what he did. He did more than is necessary. He did more than is required. He didn't do just enough to get you by. He did more than enough. And when he did it, what he did was he took away and he started just to wipe it away. And if you can imagine your life and all of a sudden, oh, those things that were against me, those things that maybe I thought I was not good enough. You know why? Because I had an addiction. Do you know what he did? He wiped it away. 
Well, I got some foul language, and I'm struggling with it. When Jesus looked at it, now I'm going to tell you, don't keep living there. But in Jesus, when Jesus looked at it, he wiped it clean. He didn't wipe his children away. I'm not sure how we can deal with that one, but <laughs> that one will stay. But all the noise that happens in your life, the noise of inability, the noise of I'm not good enough, the noise of you don't deserve it, the noise of you're not worthy, the noise of, you know what, you aren't the one that should be doing this, the noise of your past, the noise of, you know, I grew up with eight brothers. I was constantly told I had a big mouth. I was constantly told I had a big mouth. Do you know what? I believed them. And then about a year and a half ago, my dentist looked at me and says, you know, you've got a small mouth. <laughs> we believe the word spoken over us. And all of a sudden, it becomes the noise. You know what I did when I got home? I actually looked in the mirror to see if my mouth was small. <laughs> and it was. We believe the words that people have spoken over us. And all of a sudden, when something comes, we go, no, I can't do it because I've got a big mouth. No, I can't do it because I'm not fast enough. No, I can't do it because I'm too short. No, I can't do it because I'm not smart enough. No, I can't do it because they... And all of a sudden, we got all these things. You know what Jesus did? He came and he wiped away that noise. And he says, you've got a clean slate. And now let me start writing on the manuscript of your life. So there's two things I want you to see. If you could put up that verse again just for a moment. It says that he blotted out or he's wiped away. And that word means he obliterated it. He abolished it. It doesn't exist anymore. Have you ever seen something get blown up? I mean, you can't put it back together. That's what Jesus did with all those things that were negative and against you in your life. Those things that you thought when, when people say, can you do this? And sometimes you say, I'm not good enough. I can't do that. Everybody says this. I don't have the money. I don't have the education. Well, you know what? Jesus wouldn't ask you to do something if he didn't think you could do it. I mean, he believed Abraham could be the father of many nations, and he was like 75. And he was past his age, past the time of having kids. And God looked at him and says, no, you can. Not only did he wipe it out, but then it also says that he has taken it out of the way. And that word taken means taken. It means he took it away. He took it away. So Bradley, can I take, you're taking notes. How about your wife? Is she taking notes? Can I take her iPad? Who has it now? <laughs> Who has the iPad now? <laughs> you're getting smart there, Dan. I took it away from her. She does not have it anymore. Who has it? 
So when Jesus came and he took something away, who has it? Do I have it or does he have it? And we read in the verses this morning in Psalm 91, I believe it was in that verse, or in Psalm 103, that he removes your transgressions as far as the east is from the west. And the last time I checked, they never meet. You can get on the earth and you can go west and you can go west and west and west and you'll always go west because west will never meet east. Not like north meets south and south meets north. I mean, God, God he, he's got a sense of humor. And he says, you'll never, ever, ever, I've removed them so far, they'll never be mate again. And that's what it means when he says he took it away. He actually took it. So when I look at Christ and the work that he did, he wiped it away, he blotted it out, and he took it away, having nailed it to the cross. He nailed it. I mean, he did it. You kids would understand that, right? I mean, you're shaking your head. You understood what he said. All right, can you say amen? All right. He nailed it. I mean, he, not, he, he did. He nailed it. It's not to be grabbed and pulled off the cross. And I love this. It says, when he nailed it to the cross, and in another version it says, his cross. <laughs> He didn't put it on your cross. He didn't put it on your cross so that you can keep dragging it around and every time look, people look and they see your head and then right above their head there's this piece of paper and it's nailed. No, he nailed it to his cross. You don't live there anymore. He paid it in full. And I get so excited and so overwhelmed when I see what Christ did. I mean, he did all these things so that you and I could live above the noise. He's not weak. He's not a wimp. He's the king of kings. So this morning, he wants you To walk with a clean slate. He wants you to have a clean slate. And why, why do I say this? I, I've been impressed in my heart as to, to why I'm saying this. I, I believe that God wants you to live above the noise. I am convinced of it. It doesn't mean the noise doesn't happen. Okay? Doesn't mean there isn't noise. But you know what? When the noise happens, I have a choice to make at that moment. And either I can live in the pig pen or I can get above it. Either I can live in that whole cloud and that whole mess and I can get stuck and sucked into that vortex or I can say, no, I'm going to live up here. And Christ has given you the ability. 
Whether it's somebody throwing something at you from your past, well, you're not a good parent because you did this, this, and this. I don't care. I serve a God who cleaned my slate and he took it and he wiped it out and he took it away and he nailed it to the cross. It's on his cross. My past is past. It's not going to be relived. It's not going to be revisited. It's not going to be renewed. It's gone. And he nailed it to the cross. He doesn't want you to live a life of defeat. The only defeat you're going to look at is your left and your right foot. Yeah, that was a pun. I'm not sure if it was, but these are to do defeat that I look at. You know, like the guy who was asked to name, you know, the, the husband and the wife had a child. And the husband fell down, so he talked to his brother and said, hey, would you name my two children? And he had a boy and a girl. And he says, great. He said, well, what did you name them? Well, the girl I named Denise. And he said, wow, that's good. I like it, Denise. Who, what did you name the boy? The nephew. <laughs> Why does God want you to live above the noise? I see a couple reasons. One is because God's designed you that way. But another reason that I see is so that you can help those around you live above the noise. That you can actually smile at someone even though they've got a pig pen and life is just happening and crazy and it's just going 60 miles an hour in 17 different directions. You can walk in the room and you carry the presence of God with you. So you can walk in that room and somebody's going to say, you know, I just got to gravitate towards them. Why? Because you're living above the noise. And they look at you, and they all of a sudden, they start asking questions. And I believe God wants you to live above the noise, because when they ask you a question, you can give them an answer. And when they're asking you a question, listen to what they're asking. Because they're looking for hope. They're looking for a future. They're looking for something that they can grab onto. And they might say, how do you do it? I've got three children and look at this. How do you do it? I don't, and you've got four children and you can say, you know what? I love my kids with all my heart. And they can get a little noisy, get a little crazy. But I don't live in the mess. I live above it because of what Christ did. And it's all about Christ. It is all about Jesus. It's not about you. They might ask you why you live the way you live, but that gives you the opportunity to point them to Christ. And this year we've done one for two, and I pray. And how's everybody doing with that, by the way? How's everybody doing with the I praise? Are we, are we doing okay? I want to encourage you, keep it up. Keep it up. I've committed to pray for those on my list every day. And I'm actually doing not too bad with it. I'm not doing perfect. I've missed a few. But I pray for them probably on average two, three, four times a day. Every time I see the sticker, they come to mind. 
I start making declarations. I want to encourage you. Because what we're learning, when we talk about living above the noise, it's not just so that you can live above the noise, but that you can help other people live above the noise. And there's, people are going to say, what is the reason for the hope that you have within you? And you can say, ah, let me introduce you. I got to, to share Christ with a guy this week. And you know what I used? I used a table. And it had a centerpiece on the table. And here I got, I had to try to share with him Christ. So I took the centerpiece and I took my cup. And I said, you see this gap? I said, this is us and this is God. And when we sinned, we made a separation. I says, and Jesus came and he took and he made a bridge to bring us to him. Use what you have to share Christ. Use what you have to show them how you live above the noise. Pastor, Pastor Winona this morning shared from Psalm 91, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And if you read that chapter, you will find there is in the neighborhood of six, seven, eight, if not more, ways that he helps you live above the noise. In closing, or as some people would say, conclusion. I have something, if you'd like, and you may not need it at all, but I picked up a little stamp. Anybody got those OCD things where you just want to stamp everything? <laughs> well, I didn't do it at the front, but I started. I've got a stamp, and it just says paid. And I put it in red. If there's anybody here that you struggle, because sometimes it is a struggle, if there's anybody here that struggles sometimes living above the noise, what I found interesting about th this has two pages. You write out the bill. So I wrote a date today. Name, David. Address, Earth. Couldn't get more specific than that. The bill, sins committed, all. Then I stamped it. I looked at it. The funny thing was, the top copy has red. We often hang on to the carbon copy, which you can't see that it's paid. Jesus looks at it and says, paid. So today, it's paid. And if there's anybody here that you struggle a little bit, and that's not a sign of weakness, that's not a sign of being a bad person, that's just a sign of learning. We're not here to condemn, we're not here to, to put anybody down. But if you struggle a little bit, I want to encourage you to come up, and you can come up after the service, I'm just going to leave it right here. Um, don't, don't stamp this on the carpet. The carpet's paid, we don't need to stamp it. Um, but if you need this as just a little reminder that it's paid in full, just make your way up and just stamp it. 
and then take it home with you. And all I'm doing is I'm trying to make it so that it stays with you. And for some of us, we're visual, graphic, and we see things. Other people, they remember everything. For me, things like this go a long ways. So I'm not going to call you out. I'm not going to even ask you to come. We're not going to pray. And if, if you just think, you know what, that'd be kind of neat for me to have in my wallet a bill that says paid on the fridge. And I can have this in front of me, and every time the noise starts to rise and the stuff starts to happen, I can just look at it and say, you know what, it's paid. It is paid in full. So I offer that just as a simple way for you to remember Colossians 2, 13 and 14, that he took the bill, he took the IOU, and he wiped it clean. When Jesus looks at it, he doesn't look at it and say, you, you, you. He says, I paid it. It says in 1 John that we have an advocate with the Father. We have an advocate. He is standing there and he looks at it. And when, when somebody, and it also says in Revelation that there's an accuser of the brethren. And when the accuser stands before God and he makes the accusations, Jesus stands up and says, I paid for that. He doesn't have to live in the noise of that. I paid for it. So this morning, I just want to give you the opportunity. Some of you, you may not need this. That's fine. But there might be one or two of you that you'd say, you know what? I'd like to have that. Come, stamp it. Stamp it a couple times if you want. Stamp it three or four times. Take it out and take it with you. And I pray that you will live above the noise. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you are complete. I thank you that you are full. There is no deficiency in you. There is no dysfunction in you. There is no inability in you. There is nothing lacking in what you did. You paid the price. You were on the cross and you said it is finished. You had completed it. And then it says that you nailed it to the cross. Your cross. So Lord, this morning I just pray for everyone here that we would walk in victory that we would walk not as survivors, but as thrivers, that we would thrive in the land that you have given us. I pray a blessing over everyone here today, over all the mothers, especially today. Give them a special day. A day of remembrance, of memories, of the good. Be with all the families in your precious name. And everybody said... Amen. God bless you. If you want to make a stamp, come on up. Have a great week.